anyone who understands no code and wield it to their advantage can become a non-technical startup founder, their own CTO, a no-code entrepreneur in just one weekend. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners. Earners become founders and founders get freedom and create wealth. My guest today is a real thought leader when it comes to the reality and the potential of no code. He's a strong believer in the power of no code as well as what he argues are its limitations. His name is Yeet Onai, and from being the founder of Bird Lab Design Lab, a no-code agency helping aspiring entrepreneurs to build their ideas online, to being involved in six active startups, to believing that micro-communities will replace conventional social media, to supporting greener travel by using an electric skateboard to go around, Yeet will share today his perspective on no-code entrepreneurship, the reality, the truth, and the lessons that can inspire you and help you on this journey. Yeet, how are you today? Hi, it's, uh, I'm, I'm fine. It's really great to be here today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And to ask you about uh, no-code, when was the moment or the story where you realized and saw and discovered the potential of no-code and decided to invest so much effort and time and focus on it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm actually a mechanical engineer by training. Uh, so I specialized on uh, mechanical design, 3D design uh, when I was in college, uh, which kind of led me to work in factories that I didn't really enjoy. Uh, the, the work was repetitive, uh, life was monotone. Uh, so one day I just had enough of it, uh, quit my job and decided to continue my education in the Bay Area. Uh, I was really interested in UX design. I remember being like constantly f uh, fascinated by user-friendly, human-centered designs that were uniquely solving some kind of a digital problem. So I decided to learn UX, uh, started taking classes uh, on that, as well as some project management uh, on the side, just to keep things, uh, you know, a little bit more organized. Uh, after all, uh, you know, uh, PM work is more about managing than creative, uh, and I kind of needed both. So these two were the subjects 
the two certifications I was pursuing while uh, looking for a job. Uh, and anyone who has been uh, through looking for a job in entry-level job in SF Bay Area know uh, that this look is kind of draining. And so the process uh, is brutal and the jobs you actually do get offered are way subpar than what you really want or if we go a bit further, deserve. Uh, so around the fall of 2019, I believe, uh, I was uh, working to get my certifications, uh, my work permit and looking for employment. Uh, and I was doing some freelance work for UX on the side. And so, you know, just to pay the bills and make the rent. Uh, when I met David Hoang, uh, the director of design in Webflow. So I was already flirting with uh, Webflow, delivering a couple of decent uh, client projects, you know, uh, certain website builds. Uh, but I, what I didn't know about, and David told me about that day, was that there was a whole movement behind Webflow called no code. Uh, it was basically a movement uh, designed to give the power of creation on the internet to non-technical people like myself. Uh, because out of everything I did, coding was something that just I could not master. Uh, and ever since uh, I was little, I wanted an easier way to validate and launch my ideas without having to deal with code because I thought that uh, the entire process was just way too long. Uh, to start things. Uh, code is complicated. And thanks to this new movement, now that I could, like it, it was a revolutionary thought that was embedded in my mind at that moment. And I remember being so excited that night that I just could not sleep. Uh, I read everything and watched every video, tested a bunch of tools. And by the next morning, I kind of convinced myself to pursue this incredible thing. I canceled all my job applications and filed to form my first company, Bird Design Lab, uh, as an immigrant in America, to help people with amazing ideas to turn them into reality like I couldn't before. Uh, in a fraction of time, uh, with if they choose to do it by hiring a developer. It was kind of scary, uh, it was exciting, and now that I look back, it was kind of risky. But I never looked back after that. I guess that's that's how I got started with uh, no code movement in general. That's absolutely amazing to me. You know, it reminds me of my own story, which maybe I never shared, you know, publicly too much before. I actually began coding in 1996. At the time, it was in Pascal, and then in uh, Object Pascal or Objet Pascal, which is Delphi. But what happened is that there was a lot of passion in that. But when I went to uh, the business university and I graduated, I found myself surrounded by people who had no real passion for life. It's all they're waiting for is to be 60 or 65, retire and leave. So in many ways, I am not somebody who can be employed. <laughs> so <laughs> to me, the passion of the no-code community, you know, that thing where it's everybody's so supportive, it, that energy, pioneering energy is what I love the most about the no-code community. And it's rare to find in a world that has gone mainstream and gone commercial in so many aspects. It feels a lot like the ideal village, if I can describe it, where everybody loves everybody and supports everybody and everybody holds the arms of each other upwards. And I love that. And I know a lot of people who are good meaning, well, you know, 
meaning individuals who work very hard to create their no-code projects. And what is missing is a bit of understanding about marketing and business to understand how that other skill works so that they don't end up in a way with an opportunity cost of creating something that cannot turn to anything more than a hobby or a passion project. And I believe that marrying the two worlds of marketing without like, you know, selfishly becoming mercenary or anything, but you can do it ethically and no code can create a great, great power and wave in the world. And the controversial topic, I know you have a lot to say about the limitations and the reality and truth of no code and what can be done and what cannot be done using it. Can you share a bit more about that? Uh, sure. Uh, before we get into that, I, I kind of want to explain um, what no code is because it's still a, a very much of a buzz term uh, and people really don't understand uh, what we are talking about when we are talking about no code because it's just uh, such a widespread term. So no code is a movement to democratize the power of creation on the internet. So this is about removing the barrier of code from digital creation, right? So today our whole lives depend on code from the traffic lights to this very podcast. Everything is run by code and code that is complex, multilingual and is accessible to only a fraction of the population, uh, which if you ask me is kind of, of the very promise of the internet and it's, it's going against it. It's not really fair. No code is a promise to make things more fair to everyone who wants to get their idea out into the digital world. Uh, in addition to being more widely accessible, it is also much faster than traditional coding when it comes to getting something out there. In a technical way, no code is an abstract layer that you lay on top of the code so you can manipulate it without having to touch it or even understand it. This is revolutionary. It's like going to a country where you don't know the language and yet still live like a local. It's so extraordinary. I mean, this level of abstraction is manifested through what we call uh, no-code tools. Uh, there are some confusion on what constitutes as a no-code tool, but essentially uh, you can think of it this way. If code is required to do something digital, but you don't code thanks to a certain software, that software is a no-code tool. So for example, you say uh, you need to write HTML and CSS to build a website, but you don't write that thanks to a website builder like Webflow. That is a no-code tool. As you can imagine, there are thousands of these tools, each solving a different problem. And you know what? Think of a kitchen, right? So you have all these appliances and cookware for different purposes in cooking, like pans, bowls, trays, spoons. And you take your ingredients, prep them, cook them with those cookware to make a dish, right? So no-code tools are that cookware. Each serve a distinct purpose, and occasionally you can use them for other things, to get that dish out. In this case, getting the dish out is shipping your idea. Ingredients are your main product or content, and the set of appliances and cookware you use for one dish type is called the stack. I will get... Uh, more into stacks when we're discussing no-code entrepreneurs in specific, but it's important to note here that no-code tools allow you to manipulate the code, not eliminate it. 
Uh, that is simply not possible. Everything is still run with code, even no code itself. Uh, code is something that is compiled in the background as you play with the tool uh, or the abstract layer to make that idea look the way you want it to look. It's important not to get mixed up on that. Uh, essentially, that's a, a brief intro to no code. Um, what makes no code unique is that that abstract layer, you stretch over the code to manipulate it in human language instead of computer language, which opens up a whole wide of opportunities for non-technical -te people like myself to get involved, uh, test their ideas quickly, build digital products without developers and earn a living out of it. Uh, what you put on top of that is extra, right? So that's where we're starting from. Wonderful. And since you defined any tool that helps you manipulate what is happening without needing or requiring to use code, I will say that my first no-code project was in 1998 with uh, what you see is what you get yeah. <laughs> tools. And it was yeah. a website about my neighborhood where I put a MIDI audio file and some photos from my street and i was like yo i'm online i have a website i think it was on Lycos or aol or something not really sure so to ask you more about this tell me about no code entrepreneurship especially that you are there in san francisco which could be some people argue it's atlanta is the uh, worldwide capital of no-code, while other people argue that the epicenter of the no-code movement is around San Francisco. But to you, you know, tell me more about your boots-on-the-ground experience with the no-code communities and movement, as well as what do you see happening with no-code entrepreneurship, some interesting ideas and stories you could share. Yeah, sure. Um First of all, uh, I kind of understand where, where people are coming from when they're talking about Atlanta specifically. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of um, people in no-code community who are residing in Atlanta. So they're kind of uh, thinking Atlanta as uh, the capital. But the truth is that this movement is not about locations. Uh, it's about the community itself. So it almost doesn't matter where you are. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm, San I'm in San Francisco or not. Uh, it's matter... What, what matters is that I'm in the conversation. Um, so talking about the entrepreneurship, well, if you ask me, no code is an entrepreneur's dream, right? To say the least. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about what entrepreneurship is first, very briefly. Um, entrepreneurship is the activity of setting up a business, uh, taking on financial risks in the hope of, a, hope of profiting. So it's about building a business, usually solving a human problem, taking a risk in the hopes to make money, but with no code. If you use anything that requires code in your build without writing it automatically and by definition, you are a no-code entrepreneur. Um, by the way, capitalism, the hot burning core of entrepreneurship is not about owning cars and houses anymore. Uh, it's about how fast and efficiently you create things that benefit you and the society. Anyway, building and shipping things with no code is so easy and ridiculously fast. If you ship fast, you may succeed or fail fast too. Uh, even if you fail, the time you have put in will be so much shorter than if you would have coded. The emotional toll of that fail will be negligible. Uh, what is better than learning a, a quick lesson without losing time and money for an entrepreneur? Uh, I mean, if, if it's 
made in hours and not months, then it's easier to throw it away and try it again. Lean and fast. Uh, so no code allows you to design better, ship faster, uh, automate uh, repetitive tax, uh, tasks. As, so as an entrepreneur, you can focus on getting more ideas out, uh, keeping in mind that your main objective is to launch a business and make a money, make money, right? Uh, so the main differences between using and not using no code as an entrepreneur is number one, uh, you build more things in the same time frame if you were to code. Number two, uh, you don't need another person like a developer to make that idea a reality. It's all in your hands. Unless, of course, you're looking to collaborate, which is the heart of this movement, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, number three, uh, you start thinking about value-first approach because of how many projects uh, you have going on at the same time. That volume allows you to switch that conversation away from money uh, because you know that will eventually come from at least one of these ventures. And uh, number four, you re rely on the user satisfaction directly uh, rather than worrying about investors or stakeholders. It's, it's just, it makes things so much easier and faster. In entrepreneurship, the main obstacle used to be about building a product. Now that can be done by anyone who has played a video game before, like SimCity or Rollercoaster Tycoon, right? Uh, now you can develop apps and sites visually, like putting a Lego on top of one another without having to deal with a foreign language that you do not know how to read uh, or speak. That's uh, the benefit uh, co no code brings to the entrepreneurship table, uh, so to say. And so, you know, a, a no code entrepreneur uh, is someone that does things in an unconventional way and utilizes um, the power of no code in every aspect of their life. I'm certainly in that category uh, and it makes you think about things differently than you used to. Um, so no code entrepreneurs can also be called makers at this point since nobody can be sure about whether or not makers make enough money to be considered as entrepreneurs. But I guess it's more about a choice about what you call yourself. Uh, so let me give you a couple of examples uh, on no-code entrepreneurs, especially here uh, in San Francisco, uh, based on uh, my observations. Uh, so when we're talking about no-code entrepreneurs, there are generally two types. The first one is entrepreneurs who build, share, and often sell digital products to the no-code community. Uh, so makers who offer their services to clients can also be considered here. Uh, since, you know, they are making money using no code and more often than not, uh, share the experience in the form of a video tutorial or an ebook, uh, for the community. Uh, and number two is the entrepreneurs who build their ideas with no code, which is the more popular option. However, once you get into the no code community, you give something back eventually because it's a very active open source, uh, collaboration friendly community. Uh, so the entrepreneurs who build and share with the community, I can give a perfect example for this. Uh, Joe Krug, uh, he is the founder of FinSuite, who realized the power of Webflow in building uh, interactive websites early on and built a whole Webflow agency around that idea. Uh, today, uh, like FinSuite is pretty much considered the North Star of no-code agencies. Uh, in fact, Joe himself has been a mentor to me 
and uh, gave me some invaluable advice on how to run my agency or design lab uh, very recently. Uh, so after creating FinSuite and successfully delivering websites, increasingly high rep clients, Joe and his team started creating video tutorials on implementing low-code solutions uh, to Webflow sites and created a CMS library for everyone to clone uh, for free, which was a huge need amongst uh, the Webflow freelancers who were taking advantage of this no-code movement. Uh, you can find the inspirational story of uh, Joe and FinSuite on their website, finsuite.com. But essentially, um, what they're doing here is following this very simple formula. They are going from no-code to low-code to code. You use no-code to start things, validate your ideas. You move on to low-code once you want more efficiency, more automation. Uh, and then you go into full-on code mode only if you want a fully fetched product, right? So Joe is an ex excellent example here for a maker turning his newly acquired talent, building websites with no code in this case, into a lucrative business. Uh, he's also giving back to the community with on-point tutorials and templates up for sale. And you can actually find multiple examples just like him who both profits off the no code movement while giving back or working with the community, like Ben Tossel of uh, MakerPad, JT uh, created No Code Founders Slack channel, who has, which is uh, my go-to source for anything uh, when I have a question. Michael Gill uh, created an excellent newsletter, No Code Coffee, uh, more than a year ago, uh, who is delivering consistently, and Jens uh, Lenartsen, who is doing uh, no marketing for No Coders specifically. Uh, who is also doing a great job as a no-code entrepreneur, even though I'm not sure if they um, identify themselves as that. Uh, you can come across them on Twitter. A hashtag no-code is a very popular uh, on Twitter. So what I really want to talk about here in terms of no-code entrepreneurship is the second tier, right? Entrepreneurs who build their ideas with no-code because that's uh, the actual appeal to the general public. And again, there are many, many examples to this, but one of them really come to mind. It's Connor, uh, let me say it again. Um, so when it comes to building your idea with no code, perhaps the most recognized example I can think of is Connor Finlayson and his website, Unicorn Factory. Connor describes himself as a no code consultant and marketer uh, in his website who is best known for his work on New Zealand's freelancer marketplace, Unicorn Factory. But this product is an excellent example of an idea coming to life using no code. He built this website, front end with Webflow e-commerce, set up the lightweight backend databases with Airtable, gated and monetized the content with member stack and glued it all together by automating workflows on Zapier. This was his no code stack. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, by the way, the combination of these four tools is perhaps one of the most famous stacks in no code universe and one of the best stacks you can start with to understand the power of no code and how fast you can get products out there. So all no code tools and no coding required based on his presentation uh, in no code conference of 2019, uh, the initial product took him less than 24 hours to build and the weekly maintenance takes only around two to four hours. That's it. Like, can you imagine as an entrepreneur, 
if your marketplace idea can be built in such a short time with a bunch of software without the need of a developer and some subscription costs that can be earned immediately after the launch. I mean, that's the dream, right? Uh, anyone who understands no code and wield it to their advantage can become a non-technical startup founder, their own CTO, a no-code entrepreneur in just one weekend. I think that's amazing. I agree with you 100%. It's the lean entrepreneur's dream, the ability to do that venture capitalist uh, venture capitalist strategy of investing in multiple ventures knowing that 90% of them will fail but that one out of nine that will succeed will cover up 100 ones so the more ideas you get out there the more likely you're able to find the unicorn easier and faster and cheaper and it makes things incredible even like you said for coders or anybody who can be involved with with the community it puts power in the hands of everybody who is creative not somebody who spends so long to learn code and then there is a problem of debugging that code and human mistakes and all they're making all the different languages communicate together and all that no now it becomes about what Eben Pagan in his book Opportunity talks about that we're living more and more in a create uh, creative verse what he called which means that the speed of turning your idea into something created in the world will be the biggest determinant of success because that will be the biggest competitive advantage and in many ways it's both eliminated and strengthened through no-code tools. The ability to take an idea and make it become reality in hours is both something that puts everybody who is proactive in the power seat. And to tell you, you know, you are involved in no-code entrepreneurship on many levels both you know directly and by helping startups and you had in mind some projects that you're thinking about creating of your own i would like to know how what is your process to choose between all the possible ideas because what no code allows is for people to dream bigger dream more and some people can have like 100 ideas and then they don't know which one to begin with, which to prioritize first, where to start and what has the most potential. So to you, what is your own process and perspective on choosing where to begin when you have multiple ideas in your head you can use for no code making or entrepreneurship or being a maker? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question because... Um, the, the essence of no code gives us the ability to create stories. And each of our ideas is just a story waiting to be, uh, to happen, right? And so I, I usually have these, uh, in bulk. So probably like a hundred different uh, ideas coming through my mind right now, just thinking about the last hundred th things I've tried, maybe. Uh, honestly, my process is very simple. When I have an idea, I just write it all out first, pen and paper, uh, sometimes on the walls, sometimes on uh, the windows, 
just, you know, get everything out there and see if that's feasible in my mind. Because at the end, when you're thinking about a project or an idea by yourself, you're usually limited to your mind. And you're, you're not really thinking, even though you're thinking about the end user, you don't know the reaction you're going to get. So first, I map it all out. I lay it all out in my head and think uh, in phases. What am I going to do in phase one, phase two, and phase three? Uh, th- those usually change, but it's, it's always about, uh, phase one is always about getting uh, an MVP out there, a minimum viable product. The second one is uh, usually getting the reaction and measuring that reaction that I get from the users. And tier three uh, usually uh, allows me to publish that or not. So when I get an idea, I don't wait around to, you know, magically form of its own. I usually try something. Uh, After I wrote everything down, um, I usually go to a no-code tool or at that point I have a stack in mind. And so I just, I just, try something in that uh, one weekend or maybe a week i build that thing and put it into in front of a key user whether it's a number one audience or number two audience based on my target audience um, i just put that first fleshed idea in front of them and test their reaction if i get a positive reaction or rather the reaction i'm expecting um, it, it all depends on the design language of that particular idea. Then I go into the second. Uh, but my process for uh, my clients is a little bit more different than that because usually they are the ones coming uh, to me with their ideas and my job is to deliver what they ask me for, whether it's a website build or a marketplace build or even a simple automation uh, to make their businesses run a little bit more smoothly. Uh, I don't have to test that out. I already know what I'm going to do, uh, how long it's going to take, and what kind of tools I need uh, in order to get that done. And so I guess what I can say here is everyone is everyone's process is different. Mine is working so far, but what I have uh, experienced so far is that Whatever process you come up with and whatever plan you draft, whatever thing you get it on to your blackboard or uh, that piece of paper, that is going to change based on what you get from the user. So the most important thing is building out that first idea as an MVP, getting it in front of that user and getting that reaction. I guess that's kind of my process in a nutshell. I love it. And I recommend you make some videos to help the community because of your background in mechanical engineering. You have this step-by-step and you make a hypothesis, which is very scientific. And then you test the on the uh, ideal users to see their primary reaction, which is different to what marketers do they actually begin with the user first and then identify the pain points and then they brainstorm how can i solve that in a way that is superior to whatever alternatives they're using right now rather than doing the other one which is a higher risk but also higher reward because it opens the door to what um, edward de bono calls uh, calls the innocence of childhood which comes from 
coming up with ideas just out of your imagination into the world, which is beautiful. It opens because users only know what they have a frame of reference to know. But when you expose them to something new, then you can either fail a lot. And when you succeed, it's something truly, truly unique and new. And to ask you more, let's say we met again three years from now. And we're discussing the no-code community and where it is and the changes and evolutions you can predict. What would be your biggest three predictions for the no-code community in the next three years from today? I love this question because that this is literally like half my time uh, imagining about the future, right? It's it's it, it, in a sense uh, coming up with ideas and testing them is also sort of predicting the future because you're looking for that shock factor. But for the future of no code, I guess um, you know what? Let me break it break down into two. So on the business side, uh, more businesses will start relying on no code to initiate things. That I I truly believe that. So kick off and test ideas. Uh, same goes for uh, entrepreneurs as well. Often what you hear is that no code is not scalable, uh, right? No code is not scale. You cannot scale no code. That's because it's not supposed to scale. It's all about bringing down the barrier of code in getting your idea out, whether it's via an app, a website, marketplace, I don't know, online store, digital product, automation flows, uh, straight up software using no code uh, to take that first step will accelerate everything for the business. In the end, the pipeline is you start with no code to validate your idea. You move on to low code to be more efficient and then to code to make it a fully fleshed idea, uh, a product. Uh, although that doesn't necessarily mean uh, you cannot make money with no code, you still can even more than if you coded in some cases, profitable businesses exist that are built and operated only with no code. But ideally, no code is for kickstarting things quickly uh, to see if they work the way you imagine them. So the businesses will use no code as a um, sort of like a stepping stone to get that first uh, foot out there. On the public side, I think more people will start identifying themselves as no-code developers or no-coders or visual developers. Uh, these people will probably have like freelancer gigs based on their no-code sub-niche. Uh, those sub-niches are, you know, you know, there are many, many of them, like visual development, spreadsheets and databases, productivity solutions, remote work, interactive integrations, automation, project management, data visualization, and even like most recently, AI and machine learning for enterprise is uh, one of the rising topics in no-code because there are new no-code tools coming up for that. And so uh, it will also like change the role of real coders like developers and programmers and software engineers because most repetitive tasks uh, that the software engineers are solving, like fixing bugs, for example, they will be automated. And front-end jobs will turn into visual development. So the real coder will have more time solving real code problems and making things faster and more efficient, including the platforms that no coders use to automate these real coders' former responsibilities, right? So in a nutshell, coders will probably 
uh, spend more time coding and not fixing bugs. Also, like no code will probably serve as a stepping stone into learning code as well. Like in no code, you're looking at what code does from a filtered lens, right? So that abstract layer, once again, and since that no code has a broader audience, I think more people will be interested in lifting that lens, that abstract layer, and try to understand what's going on underneath. I think that's one of the things that we will see in the upcoming century where we will essentially teach code through no code. Uh, and I don't think that's going to be a lot difficult uh, because like literally we all have a, a mini computer in our pockets all the time. So we are one way or the other contributing uh, to that universe without even realizing it. Um, for the future, I can also say like there, there are some challenges. It's not all a hunky dory and the sunshine, right? So the main challenge is the learning curve uh, mixed with ambiguity. We don't know which tool is going to stick, uh, though like everyone has their own opinions. I have my own opinions, uh, but learning a tool take some time and patience and practice. As time goes by, existing tools will improve, uh, evolve, or even change, and new ones will keep coming. So it's important not to get lost in the debates and just keep building ideas. Also, like the level of entry is still higher than it should be. Some technical background is still needed. Although it has been dropping thanks to the advancement in uh, basic education uh, involving our digital systems. Uh, and again, like to mention the smartphones, we are literally living with a mini computer in our pockets. Like we're already ready for this. It's just about uh, getting the word out there. And what no code community is doing is exactly that. We are uh, showing people that you don't have to be a developer. You don't have to know code in order to get your idea Make your idea a reality. You can do it, and there is no bar barrier in front of you like you imagine there is. So in the upcoming years, what I'm hoping to see is more people involved in no-code and using the power of no-code to build things that will keep um, amazing us and sort of giving us that wow factor that we are all craving for. Because let's face it, we are all living in a like a... Uh, an enter entertainment-based reality where we always have to be engaged. And what we are doing here with no code is that we are giving, also giving that ability to create that entertainment for yourself and for others to everyone who is willing to use it for good. That's wonderful and very, very well said, especially explaining both the uncertainties and the fruits and the challenges and the possibilities and not spending time on debating which tools are better or will stick. Spend time on using no code for what it's meant to be, which is getting ideas out there. And then in the future, all we know is that whatever tools will exist, hopefully will have uh, a less steep learning curve because I interviewed recently a very, very new no-code user, and he was saying that it was hard. It wasn't easy for him as somebody without a technical background to master the tools. He was just trying his best, but 
full of hope and passion, but it was going way slower than he expected from the promise of no code. And Yeet, I know you have a lot to say and I love it and I should have you again on another episode. For now, where can people find more about you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they hear from you and understand more of your perspective and any projects that in the future may come out from your work and your no-code involvement with no-code community? Yeah, so um, my agency, uh, Bird Design Lab, a no-code agency uh, for aspiring entrepreneurs mostly, um, is still active. Uh, Although we are working on a new build, a Bird Design Lab 2.0, if you will, and it is coming in the first quarter uh, of next year where we are going to uh, not just only... um, be an agency, but also provide uh, no-code freelancers, who, people who want to be no-code pre- like freelancers, uh, to be able to meet uh, with potential clients based on their sub-niche category. And so uh, I will be announcing that on Twitter. My handle is at uh, yeetweets4. Uh, you can also check out my website, uh, yigitonai.com, uh, which is my first name and last name, .com. Uh, it's also under construction, but I have some amazing resources that I'm uh, coming up with uh, that will be really useful uh, for anyone who is in, uh, interested in no code. Uh, I will have uh, case studies, uh, some templates that you can uh, freely clone and use for yourself, as well as a pretty decent, I would say, a reading list uh, of you know everything that you can find uh, curated under one database. Uh, as well as a toolkit database uh, that you can uh, reference back to when you need uh, a certain stack for a certain build. Uh, So right now I'm working on that as well as uh, improving uh, our agency's uh, model, uh, which will also have a case study uh, in my personal website. Uh, But other than that, I'm pretty sure when I come up with something, you will hear about it if you're really interested in no code. Yes, and I will put all your social handles and Twitter in the description of this uh, show. It was absolutely beautiful. And to me, that passion, the goodness, like the utopia of how the world should have been outside of no code exists within the no code community. It's bringing people together closer. I don't believe there is a difference between Atlanta or San Francisco or whatever. We should have a virtual city that we call it like Nokodia. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) I love that. And then we'll be digital citizens of of, uh, Nokod with our own, um, you know, blockchain uh, passports and (laughs) all, all that fun nationalities. Really, man, we should do something like that for real and to me to support my part the coders the uh, no coders i said coders man it was long time ago in the 90s coders were as much fun as the no code community man so to me um the no coders and the makers and the founders who are interested in getting a full free one hour consulting for their marketing all you need to do, support this podcast by reviewing it and uh, rating it and 
on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and just send me an email and I will give you a full one-hour consultation to get you the marketing that will bring your right message that is displays and explains the value of your idea and of your entrepreneurial project to potential customers in a way that is persuasive as well as clear and that works. That's my promise to you, everyone. And good day to you, Yeet. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say uh, what you're doing here for the no-code community and people who will be involved in this wonderful movement. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for doing this and supporting no-coders. You're welcome. It's great, man. It's like when you see something beautiful blossoming, some people, they just, you know, want to stamp that, but other people will want to nourish it and let it grow because that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be humans having fun and creating things in this world together, like one hand holding the other hand. Anyway, it was a beautiful show. Goodbye to the listener. Thank you.